0: Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. In this episode, number 299, I'm chatting with Brent and Janice Sharp, who are licensed marriage and family therapists. We're going to talk about nurturing your marriage.
1: I always tell people, if you want to guarantee your partner will not hear a word you said say a bunch of you words that you frustrate when you do this and you didn't do this and you never do this and so forth they'll get defensive they'll stop listening it never ever works it will turn into an adversarial conversation but if we can learn to use language such as you know when this happened or I I found in the last few months during this pandemic that I see this happening in us And I would hope that we could maybe work on that using I statements and talking about the problem instead of the person can make all the difference in the world because we do have to deal with issues. Conflict is inevitable uh, in marriages. And that's just one simple strategy um, that can make all the difference in the world and how your partner will hear you.
0: Brent and Janice point out that most marriages are suffering from malnutrition. We know that we should put time and energy into our marriages. We want to have solid marriages, but so often it's at the bottom of our list. Everyone else is requiring things of us. And so today they have some super practical rhythms, routines, not long to-do lists to integrate into your marriage so that you can nourish it and it can grow. They have a lot of experience with clients, over half of whom are recovering from affairs and such wisdom. One thing, please listen for it. It's the 90-10 lie, and I feel like it has ripple effects into so many different aspects of our life. I'll share more about that at the end of the episode, but let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Brent and Janice, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast.
1: Wonderful. Thank Thank you for having us.
0: Oh, well, you're going to help us out. And I love having licensed professionals on the show because a lot of us don't have access to that kind of help. And y'all have taken what you've learned from counseling and you've applied it to some great lectures and series and books. And so I am honored to introduce you to the listeners. But before we get into some really helpful things, would you take a second and just introduce everyone to your family? Yes. Um, Actually,
2: Brent and I have been married 42 years which is amazing, as young as we are. Um, <laughs> yeah, we how you fit works, that yeah. in? <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> we, uh, we have four kids. They range in age from 26 to 36. They're all happily married. And we do have four of the most incredible grandchildren in the world. And I'm not biased because Brent agrees with me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they win. <laughs> they win. So y'all have been through some things, probably never a global pandemic before.
2: Never. This is the first time we've experienced this. And in the beginning, I told people, well, you know what? People have been through hard times. I just was thinking this morning, not like this. Yeah. This is unusual.
0: Yeah. I think um, our access to maybe a comparison of how are other people managing this better than me wasn't available a hundred years ago. Oh my gosh. Like it is, yeah. Right. So, so social
1: media is so challenging for everybody right now. And, right. It's and, just
0: amping up things that are already hard and causing discouragement where there's already discouragement. And I invited y'all on here to help with one specific area in all this, which is marriage. I'm sure you're seeing couples come in and who are struggling particular, maybe before this, and then it just amped up. And they're to the point that they're reaching out for help, which is fantastic that they're getting help. What kinds of things are you hearing from them, seeing, so that others who may be feeling those things don't feel so alone in it?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want everybody to know that everybody's dealing with this. Yeah. Everybody's dealing with extra stress, uh, extra kind of fear. Um, you know, two critical things that we all need for a sense of peace in life is to you know have a sense of some reasonable sense of control, you know, about our days and then kind of what to expect in the future. And those are like unsteady right now for everybody. And so, you know, everybody has kind of a stress level that they can handle in their individual life and in their families. And, you know, every role that we have kind of stacks on top of the other and everybody gets out of bed today and they're already like 30% to their stress level, you know, by just waking up. Um, because of the circumstances, and so I think it's important that everybody knows that everybody's dealing with this stuff, there's going to be extra sense of kind of irritability, frustration, kind of stress, and it doesn't, it's not necessarily causing the problems, but it's taking and eliminating people's capacity to be able to manage with just normal challenges that they face, so they need to give each other a lot of extra grace, and a lot of extra kind of space, uh, and realize that Things are a little bit extra volatile
2: right now. And I would say for moms in particular, give yourself grace. No one that we know has ever experienced this before, and the roles are all changing. Some of us you know, didn't think we'd be teachers, and there's kids at home. Some of us are sending kids to school, and then we're worrying about what are they being exposed to. We've got people working from home. And, and so just give yourself grace and say, this is an unusual time, and I don't have to be hard on myself because everybody is struggling.
0: And I know that habits form in what six weeks? I don't thirty days. They tell us. Yeah. Right, and so right. here we've we've also added a lot of maybe negative habits to our relationships and how we interact. Maybe some positive. I mean, let's talk positive for a second. With maybe there are some things that you were able to take walks with your spouse uh, through the neighborhood and you didn't before, but y'all are really good at helping couples figure out habits and rhythms and disciplines to add into their marriage to help them stay connected. And would you mind like walking us through some of that so that in this reality, we can consider not a to-do list, but maybe some rhythms that we hadn't considered adding into our lives.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, um, The the power of habits is so significant. Healthy marriages have good, healthy habits. There's not just one thing that we do that just makes life fabulous. It's, you know, it's the consistency of that that makes, uh, makes a change. And so... So looking for simple little exercises that couples can do, as you mentioned, you know, some couples are taking walks now that they, you know, never had opportunities to do before. And, you know, one study suggests that for us to thrive in our marriages, we have to have five positive interactions for every one negative interaction. Wow. And if we're not at least on that level, we're going to struggle. And so, so focusing on, making sure that we're taking the time to have a positive interaction. So if, if a couple takes a walk, for instance, my encouragement is they don't, they don't, don't talk about problems. Uh, don't resolve conflict on your walks. Just say, we're just gonna go, we're not gonna talk about kid problems, we're not gonna talk about money problems. You know, we might just reflect on our day uh, a little bit, but let's just be together and let's let this be an opportunity to just enjoy space um, get into this rhythm where we, you know, maybe do this, you know, three nights a week for, you know, t- even ten minutes or fifteen minutes, can really begin to make a difference um, over time. And so, making sure that the habits that we're doing kind of have some boundaries—it doesn't mean that we don't have to have times to talk about issues. That's that's an important part of marriage. But making sure that we put some good, healthy boundaries around some of these habits is important.
0: So, I'm hearing you and even I'm thinking about even in setting up those boundaries.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: I want to play devil's advocate like there could be one spouse who's recognizing that marriage is a problem and the other spouse is um either not willing to admit it or is actively disrupting and not in agreement that there should be habits in place or positive change do you ever have couples come in where one is wanting to change and the other doesn't see that there's a problem? Most
1: of the time. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, that's just kind of a reality. And I think how that couple that is feeling that need communicates that is so important. You know, if we point our finger at the other person and say, you don't do this and you don't do that and, and you never, you know, do, you know, are like this or whatever, then they're not going to be interested in engaging in that. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, But if we can use language such that, you know, I'm finding ourselves, you know, in all the busyness since we're working from home and with the stress of the kids, I'm finding ourselves not as connected as I would love to be, you know, and I would, I'd love, love to be able to talk about how we could um, do that differently. Or I think if we were to do this, it would be, you know, it'd be really meaningful to me that's going to have a much better chance of that other partner being open. But almost every couple that walks in our office, you know, one thinks that things are not that bad. And the other one, you know, is the one that, you know, is saying we need help. And, you know, it usually takes one person to at least throw the flag and say, you know, so it's important that somebody speaks up, you know, we don't want them just to not say something, but it's how they speak is is really critical
2: and I always encourage people to before you talk to your spouse about it sit down and write it out you know sometimes when we write things out and I encourage people to write by hand instead of on their computer because I can get access is a different part of their brain but but sometimes we find when we write it out I'm really not furious at you because you were 15 minutes late again it had to do with something a couple days ago where I felt like you discounted me. And so I had this little resentment growing and I didn't even realize it. So it really helps you define what the issue is. And then you're prepared to go and talk with them in a non judgmental state and just share your concerns.
0: y'all going to hop in here and give you one of my tips for reducing stress in this season and that is prep dish. You've heard me talk about them before. What what it is is a meal planning subscription service. Every Friday you're going to get a meal plan that actually includes seasonal fruits and vegetables and which is fantastic and delicious. You can choose whether you want keto, gluten-free, paleo and what's fantastic is Allison sends you the grocery list The prep instructions, how to make each meal, I print them off, take them with me to the grocery store, keep them in the kitchen that week, and I just feel like a little bit of my brain opens up because someone else has decided what I'm going to cook that week. And if I have the time to prep it, that makes that night even easier as I'm either driving everyone to and from or dealing with homework questions. I know that we will have food and it will be healthy and delicious, and we will sit together around the table. And that... Is super calming in the midst of a lot going on. If you want to try it out, see if it's a fit for your family. You can get two weeks for free if you go to prepdish.com/dma. As a "Don't Mom Alone" listener, you're going to get two weeks for free at prepdish. Prep like you're prepping it. Prepdish.com/dma. So you guys mentioned something at the beginning, and I feel like it would fit here as we're talking about seeing that there's problems and approaching those problems. You talked about the 90-10 lie. Can we get into that just a little bit? Because there are are true problems happening in marriages, and then sometimes our vision gets a little skewed on what is a problem. So tell us, what does that mean, 90-10 lie?
1: Yeah, it's... is under the umbrella of the principle that says that our, our attitude about a thing is determined by our focus. So whatever I'm choosing to focus on is going to determine how I feel about that thing. And and for some reason, as humans, we so easily latch on to things that are negative or that bother us. And particularly in this time where we're kind of on top of each other more and you know we're even together more because of, of the pandemic and so forth, we can just start kind of being more irritated by each other, and there's a principle we call it the 90-10 lie. It's that you know, whenever when we first fall in love with somebody, we think, "Oh my gosh, I've I've like hit nirvana here. I mean, this is <laughs> everything that I had ever want in a person." You know, and and you know, we're caught up in that chemistry that most couples studies say we get about 18 months of this natural high where it's just easy, you know, and 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 we're smitten, and all we can think about at that time is all of these just amazing things about them. Well, after we're with them for a while, we all of a sudden start noticing that they've got some thing, negative things, you know, some things that bother us. And, and the reality is nobody could be 100% of everything that we would want in a person. That's, that would be idolatry. You know. That would be where we'd almost worship this person. But most of us marry somebody that's about 80 to 90% of what we would long to have in spouse. Now the challenge with that is that that leaves 10 to 20% of what we would love to have there's a chance they will never have. Now, as marriage counselors, we help people work on some of those things and they can, they can gain some strength in that and go from 80 to 82 to 85 to 88 as they collaborate together. But the reality is it's never going to be 100. But that's going to leave them interacting with other people in the world that have those 10 to 20% qualities. And if we're not careful, and this affects every single one of us on some level, is we will latch on to that 10 or 20% and think, gosh, I wish you were like that, <laughs> you know. And if we're and not careful, that can really be a poison. Now, on the lower end of the continuum, it affects our attitude where I just wish, gosh, I wish, I wish they cooked like this person does or I wish they coached our kids like this other dad does or whatever. I don't really say anything, but it just starts developing this negative attitude. We move up the continuum a little bit more. And it's that we start criticizing them. Why, why aren't you more like this? Or you, why can't you do this better or whatever? And then we move up the continuum a little higher, which is what we deal with a lot in our practice is, I, fa- I found somebody else that has that 10% that I have to have. And people actually go after it then. And, um, but what we see constantly is, even when people go after that, um, there's kind of an intoxication where, oh my gosh, That 10 or 20% that I've always longed for, this person has, and they go out there, they connect with that person. But so often, once they get there, then they look back and go, Oh, but gosh, I've got the 10 or 20%. But this is, they're never going to be the the parent of my children. They're never going to have these other qualities. But it has actually poisoned them. And so, that's something interesting, though, about the 10 to 15 or 20% is that if we don't have it, it doesn't feel like 10%. It feels like 50%. It yeah. feels like 80%. <laughs> um,
0: it magnifies, yeah. Yeah. It's all you see. It's all you it's see. All you see. What's it's, it's all you see. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we just have to realize this affects us. I know when we when was when I was a kid, I had two brothers and we'd come home from school and my mom always knew we were hungry and she'd say, "Okay, go get yourself a snack, whatever you want in the refrigerator." But she oftentimes would have cooked some, some, baked some cookies or something like that. And she sat those on the counter and she said, but don't touch the cookies. <laughs> so so I, I had a whole refrigerator I could go to. But all I could think about was the cookies, you know. And so recognizing that this is going to affect all of us on some level and realize that it's a lie. And we have to fight our focus not slipping to that 10 or 20 percent and keep reorienting our mind back to the 80% of who this person really is. They're made in the image of God. These are the wonderful values that I was attracted to in the beginning. And this, by the way, well, is true with your children. Um, it's true with the church that you go to. It's true with your job. Um, we can all begin to see those things that bother us in, in, in our focus slides. And so one of the things we encourage people to do, and, and this literally can change our focus in 30 days, is to simply sit down and make a list of, of five to 10 of the, of the real significant qualities that you believe your partner possesses. You could do this about each of your children. You could do this about your church or your job. And for 30 days, simply just read through that list every day with a thankful heart. Mm. Uh, the way I do that with Janice is, Lord, thank you for Janice. Thank you that she is one of the brightest people that I know. She's the smartest person in the room. She's a, she loves beauty. She's creative. She's spontaneous. She's fun-loving. You read through those every day for 30 days, and it reorients your brain. Yeah, And it begins, this is who I married. This is the, the values that I have, or that they brought to, to me. And it, it begins to change us. And we kind of pray that through. And then I encourage you to look for every opportunity where they display one of those qualities and you verbally affirm that in them. Wow. I so appreciate how you just brought that new piece, you know, artwork into our family room and you just, it just made it so much more beautiful. You're so good at that because when you speak that you're also reminding your brain, this is who they are, but you're also speaking life to them. Yeah. Um, it's like you're injecting them with a super duper vitamin B12 shot or something, you know, by, by speaking that life and it can really make a difference in 30 days.
0: I'm one feeling convicted two, which is good. <laughs> a good kind of conviction. Holy yeah. spirit tapping. Um, two, I'm sensing how this could transform the culture of our family
2: mm, yes. because
0: when my boys get in the car, they're automatically telling me the 10% of their day that went wrong.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah.
0: And I'm, you know, if the turning it of what went right? What was good? What was, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. pulling that out is harder because it just seems like the mind and particularly what I have fostered in our culture is to find what's missing, what's broken, yeah. what's wrong. Yeah. And, I, and I don't want to discount if there really are hurt feelings, obviously, but right. I think they've gotten too much of a voice and those feelings don't get to dictate how we act. And I know you, you have said that that feelings follow behavior. Yes, right. So having that behavior of choosing to write down what's in that eighty to ninety percent, and then reinforcing it by speaking in life over the person around you, I think that would go a long way <laughs> to restore yeah. what has been broken. With all the time we spent together, and we're all not our best versions of ourselves. Yeah. our, our it negatives. They change
1: our feelings. Absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that we don't have to talk about problems still. Right. But, but when we do then sit down and talk about a problem, our attitude's different. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're more respectful and honoring and just recognizing, hey, we just have differences and we have conflict here. And it's not so much, hey, you're
2: something wrong with you. You're broken. One of the things that I do when really conflictual couples come into marriage counseling, and we've been working for a couple sessions, is the first thing I ask them is, what did your spouse do right this week? Wow. And it helps focus them on the good things instead of the negative things. And then we sit there until each of them can think of some things that the other one did right. It's keeping that focus in a positive direction.
0: Well, and I'm seeing how this could, you know, how I brought up earlier, what if one spouse sees there's a problem and the other one doesn't? If the one who sees there's a problem starts doing this, mm-hmm. it. I'm guessing would shift the heart of the one who doesn't see a problem to maybe listen a little more if they're getting a lot. I feel like sometimes we see that there's a problem we nag and nag and kind of hint around it so much that it turns off the spouse to even wanting to address it in a logical way or with actual professional help because we've just intoxicated it with negativity. And so this is like a good way to approach it. Absolutely. I think we have this belief deep down that if
2: I criticize somebody enough, they'll change. Oh, wow. But it it doesn't work. Really, it's when we praise them on the things that they're doing right. Now, I'm not lying and making things (laughs) up, (laughs) but picking out things that we really like about them and expressing them. Instead of Mm -hmm. making people lazy, it tends to make them go, oh, wow, if she thinks I'm great in this, I could do this and this. And and I find it especially true in our kids. If we can point out those things that we see that are right and good, it gives them confidence and it helps them be able to listen even to things when you need to correct them or you need to ask for some type of
0: change. Hmm. So helpful. Brent and Janice are about to share a great tip that involves love nuggets, and it makes me think of big and little nut brown hair in the classic children's book, Guess How Much I Love You. Do you remember that, where the mom and the little bunny are going back and forth on how much they love each other and... They say, oh, I love you to the moon and back. And that became a really popular saying. Well, they've sold over 47 million copies of that book. And now 25 years later, there is a sequel. The author, Sam McBratney, and the illustrator, Anita Jaram, have created the new book, Will You Be My Friend, published by Candlewick Press. And in it, Little Nut Brown Hair discovers his independence and makes a new friend. I think this is a really powerful book in our time since I found that my youngest child has struggled the most remembering that he can be independent and that, he, that friendship is valuable. So if you want to go check it out, find it where books are sold. It's called Will You Be My Friend by Sam McBratney. Okay, so I'd love to hear as you've worked with couples, what have been some of the skills or activities or things you've had them do that have had the greatest impact on increasing connection, maybe when the feelings aren't there, the behaviors that then lead to positive feelings?
1: Yeah, one of the simple things we do, and it's so interesting to me, um, uh, how how much change this can cause, even in, the, in highly conflictual couples. And, and sometimes they look at us and think, well, this is just a simple thing. And, and How's this going to really change things? You know, we have really serious problems, you know, and um, we encourage them to we, we call these love nuggets, which is kind of a strange little word, but and, and you know, if, if both couples are open to this, I have we have them kind of make a list of 10 things that if their partner were to do for them that it would feel like love, you know, very simple, you know, not take me to the Bahamas for a month, you know, stuff like that, but very simple little gestures, you know, when I walk in the house that you seek me out and give me a hug. Uh, When I'm cutting the grass, you bring me, you know, a glass of lemonade and, and my favorite drink or something. And we have couples kind of exchange those. And for 30 days, we just say, try to pick one of those about every other day to get into this rhythm of giving and loving. Love is an action word. And again, the feelings follow that. And when couples are struggling, when they're, when they're tense or they're having conflict, love usually slows down. It usually stops. And we don't even know we're doing this because internally it's kind of like, well, you've really hurt my feelings or you've disappointed me. So you, you need to say you're sorry, you know, and I'm not going to do anything else nice for you until you do something nice for me. Yeah. And we're both sitting there and nothing's happening. And as they begin to move towards each other in these very, very simple little gestures, it's amazing to see what happens in 30 days where they start warming up. And so if somebody has a spouse that's not really engaged in this and not open to it, then if you've been married to them for a while, you probably know some of the things that they would appreciate. And you if you can purposely just begin to move towards them and begin to care for them in that way, it's amazing what can really begin to change um, in the heart of the relationship, and it begins to, to warm things up. And we've been amazed to see how powerful just a simple um, action like that uh, can make such a difference.
2: When I have clients that tell me, um, we have serious issues. We don't need to be working on these light things. I'll tell them, this is like oil for the engine of your car. It's not that big a deal. It doesn't cost much. You can put it in yourself. But if you don't ever put it in, eventually your engine's going to lock up. So these are tiny things that we can do that really make a difference in the climate and the atmosphere of our marriage.
0: Yeah, it's so cyclical marriage. It's if I don't feel loved, I'm not going to really desire to show love. But then if they don't feel love, they're not going to. So we get stuck in a negative spinning cycle. So if this, like you said, just kind of gets things moving a little bit more positive, you can at least get to a point where you feel loved and you are willing to work on maybe what they would consider heavier or bigger issues. And sometimes those bigger issues diminish. Now we're not talking about abuse. I feel like I always have to give that caveat when we talk about marriage. If you are an abusive marriage, pursuing help, getting help, getting safe, that is top priority. But this is, I think, I think love nuggets, I mean, it goes back to love language, right?
1: I'm sure. Yeah. You're, you're, you're basically, your partner's kind of sharing, you know, their love language, only they're given very specific behaviors.
0: What are some that you've seen on a list? I mean, you mentioned a couple, like the they're cutting the grass, you bring a drink. What are things that y'all have done for each other that have been impactful?
2: One of the things Brent's done for me for years now, which I love every day, is he makes sure I have my espresso every morning (laughs) anywhere that we are in the world. And so he's gone out at crack of dawn in London and found the place and brought it back to me. Um, He ended up getting a good espresso machine and we're actually (laughs) taking it with us on our next trip to
0: make sure I always have it. A trip sounds nice, doesn't it? Yes,
2: yes, <laughs> to a secluded cabin where we'll be safe, but. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, but um, he he's done that. He's very good about um, making sure my car is always clean. When I was a young mom, I didn't care because I knew I'd have French fry munch everywhere in my car anyway, <laughs> but now that I'm an empty nester, I love it that he takes my car and um, he cleans it for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, one yeah. of the things Janice likes is you know she'll like for us to just sit on the porch you know on a Saturday morning or something and just hang out and be together and I, I'm such an acts of service person that I'd be out there you know the way I used to do this I'd be out there for five minutes and I would think oh my gosh I need to sweep the porch here <laughs> you know or these bushes over here need to be trimmed and I'd be up in five minutes doing something and she would just say can't you just sit here and just hang out with me and I I had to realize that again I was loving her in the way that I thought she needed to be loved and so we have to kind of pay attention to each other and you know when I I think I mentioned the first time to Janice that every time I open my sock and underwear drawer they're full and she was like you've got to be kidding me that makes you feel loved (laughs) Um, but that was I really appreciate that now I can walk down to the laundry room put two socks together you know Um, but the fact that she takes time and energy to do that and and keeps up with it is really meaningful to me. And so it's simply trying to, to, you know, almost out love each other. You know, if we can, we can get a real upward spiral going to where we're, you know, trying to just care for each other in that way. And it is the essence of the feelings of love. If you look back at early courtship, it really was these small little things that we did for each other um, that really made the difference. Now it was easy then, cause we were smitten, But now in our marriages, what we're needing to do is to make what was naturally inspirational in the beginning, now more purposeful. Mm
2: -hmm. It's
1: choosing to do these things. And then the feeling follows. C.S. Lewis has this great quote. Now it's talking about just general neighbors, but I think it fits so well with marriage. Uh, He says, love is an action, not a feeling. So don't worry about whether you love your neighbor or not. Treat them as if you do, and then presently you will come to love them. yeah, and I think it's a very powerful principle in marriage that it's it's choosing to care for each other in these very simple caring ways that really makes a huge difference.
0: Well, and I think to combine that ninety ten what you're saying, there are times my husband is loving me through acts of service or uh, whatever he sees as a loving. And I misinterpret it and I get annoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there's a combo of yes, giving them out list. Well, this is what how I actually feel love, but then also acknowledging that thing he's doing that he's interpreting as loving me. I'm, I'm grateful for, because it does help me.
2: It is yes. helpful
0: that he gets all the laundry going and he makes that his priority for the weekend. Even if I see it as not, you know, as valuable of a love, activity he does. And the fact that he desires to love me that way is a good thing.
1: Yeah. Yes. No, that's so good. Yes. Yeah. I, I think giving each other that appreciation is huge.
0: Yeah. Okay. As we wrap up, uh, is there anything else that you would like to encourage couples in or help direct them as they're navigating these times? Yeah. I would say several
2: things. I, I think one of the best things Brent and I found when we were, you know, in the house all the time is we tried to keep things light. This is a crazy time. So one of the little things I found online that we've had a lot of fun with is we have uh, invented an imaginary coworker in our house, Dolores, (laughs) and we have a hard time with her from time to time, but we can complain to each other because Dolores used the last of the organic maple syrup, (laughs) Or Dolores keeps putting my shoes in front of the couch. So there will be like three pairs of my shoes in front of the couch. Um, So we try to keep it light with each other just to go, this is a difficult time because we are together so much. And we encourage people to find fun, clean jokes to share with each other. Uh, One study I looked at that I thought was really fun was it said couples that look at pictures of puppies together actually have more warm feelings towards their spouse. (laughs) Okay. So look at puppies. It's good. Um, Find a way to get some time alone. I know that's hard, but we can do date nights in some ways, even if it's going and walking in the, in the park or taking a picnic somewhere, finding somebody you trust to be with the kids so you can get that time out and away, just as we've already been talking about, be positive, do positive things for each other, be affirming recognize that we're different in how we're going to deal with a pandemic and how we see life in general. Mm -hmm. So be being respectful of the differences and even giving each other some alone time. You know, you're, you're probably going to have couples where one of you is loving the time. Yay. Introvert. I get to stay home all the, all the time. And the other one's having a hard time with it. So just letting each other be who we are in the midst of this. And, and then, of course, for everybody, I usually encourage people to write a list every night of what you did right that day, hmm. even if it's not big things, little things, and then write your gratitude list every day. Sometimes we just need that reminder before we go to sleep at night that we are doing some positive things and things are good, even if they're not perfect. And even though they're different than what we've ever experienced before.
0: I just saw someone, and this has been around for like six or eight years, but if moms, you're like a gratitude list, when would I have time for that? Get a pumpkin at the Trader Joe's or at your local farmer's market, if you have that, or even at Kroger, or wherever, and put it in the middle of your kitchen table and get a Sharpie. And then when y'all are sitting at dinner or maybe breakfast or wherever you're, whenever you're sitting at the table, you just write literally on the pumpkin, the gratitude and like I a line that. going around it doesn't take, you know, you know, you lose your paper or your journal or you're already sitting there and, and, and you're actively working on the discipline of gratitude as a family.
1: Yeah. And a, f- a final thought, I there's kind of two key things to uh, marital success, I think. One is we've got to feed the marriage well. That's what we've been really talking about during this time is how do we How do we love? How do we, you know, love's an action word. Most marriages are dealing with malnutrition. Hmm. Uh, They're feeding everything else in their life, all the demands of children, the demands of taking care of a house, the demands of their job. And by the end of the day, they're just spent. And they don't have much energy to move back towards each other. And so finding little ways that we can move back towards one another and care for each other is significant. The other one is we do have to be able to, to talk about things. We have to talk about issues and resolve conflict and so forth. And, and one of the simple principles there, because we, we did talk about you know, if, if one person is seeing more of the need you know, in the marriage or whatever, we really encourage them to eliminate the words you and yours from their sentences when they're talking about problems. Hmm. Uh, I always tell people, if you want to guarantee your partner will not hear a word you said say a bunch of you words that you frustrate when you do this and you didn't do this and you never do this and so forth. They'll get defensive. They'll stop listening. It never, ever works. It will turn into an adversarial conversation. But if we can learn to use language such as, you know, when this happened or, or, or I found in the last few months during this pandemic that I see this happening in us. And I would hope that we could maybe work on that. Using I statements and talking about the problem instead of the person can make all the difference in the world. Because we do have to deal with issues. Conflict is inevitable uh, in marriages. And that's just one simple strategy um, that can make all the difference in the world and how your partner will hear you is to eliminate those words and sometimes when you're really upset you might have to go to the computer and type out all this (laughs) and go back and edit it you know and go oh my gosh i used 15 u's there you know (laughs) and go back and how would i say that differently so that they have a chance to really hear
0: us yeah super super helpful i think everyone's going to be lining up to come see y'all but they have to be living where y'all are located in oklahoma
1: yeah tulsa oklahoma yes
0: and the name of your Therapy Center is Life Connection Counseling. Life Connection
1: Counseling. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So we're going to connect y'all to their site. Um, Just say it though here. We'll put it in the show notes and then tell them if there's anywhere else they can connect with you or um, other resources.
1: We have a ministry, uh, a marriage ministry that we do. And we actually do see some people that are outside of our state through that. And we do some marriage conference work and so forth. And it's Brent and brentandjanissharp.com. Sharp has an E on the end of it. Um, so and Sharp.com.
0: And y'all have a book? Yeah, I
1: have a book called The Making of a Marriage. It has a lot of these principles in it and spans on them a lot.
0: Well, I appreciate y'all being here today helping guide us through some of this. Um, I'm also going to put in the show notes a link. Y'all mentioned you had some more tips on getting through the pandemic and We'll put some of those articles in the show notes. I also wanted to mention in case anyone listening is walking through um, an affair and wanting to restore your marriage that Brett and Janice do, um, you said a, a majority of your counseling is through that.
1: Yeah, over the last decade, it's been around 50% of our practice. Um, it's just kind of gone off the charts. And so um, but we found when both people are committed to recovery, We see some amazing results um, because it really requires them to really develop a whole new kind of way of living.
0: Well, I think the work of restoration is what Jesus is all about. So, yes, absolutely. If y'all are in that position, it does not mean the end of a marriage, um, but it can mean a stronger one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you all so much for being with us today. Blessings for your ministry and your work. And um, I hope we stay connected. Thank you so yes, much. Thank you. thank you. So whenever I finish doing an interview, I pay attention to what's stuck. What am I talking about with my friends after? What am I just continuing to noodle over. And the two things that really stood out to me, one is, of course, I mentioned it at the beginning, the 90-10 lie. I have created a goal for myself to really focus in on that 80 to 90% with my husband, with my kids, with my life. Um, my tendency is to see the 10 to 20%. So uh, if I can be intentional with that perspective shift, uh, my word for this year is vision. And I think what God keeps Reinforcing to me is it's really less about future vision and it's more about how am I seeing my current circumstances through his lens. And so that is that was a really helpful tip. Um, one to protect your marriage and two, just going forward with gratitude and um, positivity. Next was the nuggets. Uh, I immediately sent Bruce a text and I was like, "I'm gonna need ten small ways that I can show you love," um, and. I still need to make my list. He is working on his list this weekend. Um, it's harder than you think to think of them, but I really I feel like it would be valuable, especially where, you know, you like we talked about, you get in these habits of how you interact, and um, those things stood out to me. I, I don't know what stood out to you, but my prayer is that um, whatever state your marriage is in, that we could only ever... Nurture it more and grow closer together because the enemy is all about division. And if you think about a family structure, that is where he can really do a lot of work. So I'm going to pray over us and pray protection over our marriages. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to partner with you in ministry. I thank you for those who listen to this show and the time that they take to invest in their lives. I pray for marriages around the globe. We know that you instituted marriage to be a reflection of our relationship with Christ. And I pray for intimacy to grow, connection to grow, for there to be no space for the enemy to get any kind of negativity, division. I pray for those who are really in a place of conflict, frustration, damage due to addictions or whatever is distracting them individually from nurturing the relationship with each other. I pray that those things would be bound up, that their eyes would be turned back towards each other, that their hearts would be open to nurturing this relationship. And I pray, Lord, that we would see the 80 to 90% that's going well <laughs> with our spouse and that they're that how that you have made them for us in that relationship. In Jesus' name, Amen. Y'all are the best marketers in this season where I'm working on the book. It has been so helpful when I can't get on social media to see that you are sharing the show. You are telling friends about episodes that were meaningful to you. You're leaving reviews on iTunes so people that go there can find the show. People still reaching out to me and saying, I just found your podcast after seven years and 300 episodes. So cool how we can redeem technology. That is because of y'all and I have been loving getting to know people a little bit better over in our Patreon group if you want to go check that out it's patreon.com slash don't mom alone we've got some live Q&A's conversation with Bruce and I are up A bonus episode on strong willed kids and we'll be doing more lives and bonus content over there if you want a little more check us out patreon.com slash don't mom alone right, meet you back here next week adios